I'm James Fairburn. I'm one of the commercial disputes partners at Denton's and I've got my colleague Rob Francis with me. We want to talk to you about public inquiries in the light of the experience that Rob has gained in acting for one of the core participants in the Glenfall Fire Inquiry. Hi, absolutely. The, the first uh, podcast in the series, we're going to focus on some of the issues uh, leading up to a hearing uh, and some of the issues that you might see if you're involved in one. So, Rob, based on your experience, how, how will a client know when they're likely to become involved in an inquiry and, and how will they ascertain what their likely role is going to be? I think any uh, person's going to have, have an indication from the events in question about uh, whether or not they will be becoming within the scope of the inquiry. Um, and uh, certainly the, the key first signpost is going to be the terms of reference that are issued uh, and those really set out the parameters of what the inquiry is going to look at. Uh, and at that point, the inquiry will then move forward with the next stages. And can a party apply to be a member or party to the inquiry or do they have to wait to be asked? Uh, it's up to the chair uh, who would be a core participant for the inquiry uh, and some of the factors that, that will come into play are the, uh, the likelihood that that party is a, um, going to be uh, criticised uh, in the report uh, by the inquiry or just more generally the, the level of involvement they have with the events in question. Um, that said, a party can apply uh, to become a core participant, an application be made to the chair, and that can either happen at the start of the process or at some point later on. Yeah. They may have an important contribution to make to the debate and the matters being considered by the inquiry. You want their voice heard. Absolutely, and there's a number of benefits from being a core participant. Uh, you get the ability to make submissions uh, at certain points throughout the process. Uh, you get access to evidence. Uh, that may be getting produced by the other core participants. Uh, and you also get some input into the uh, the questioning of witnesses during the oral hearings. I guess you have to be a bit careful about whether you get involved in an inquiry because some of the obligations on the participants are quite onerous. I'm, I'm thinking particularly of uh, the document disclosure obligations that arise. Uh, I think it's really important to think of that right at the start um, of your involvement. Um, it's certainly important to make sure early on um, that you're preserving documents. Uh, there's a range of offences uh, relating to altering or destroying evidence under the Inquiries Act, so it's really important to act quickly uh, and suspend any of those document destruction policies. So similar to the disclosure obligations in, in commercial litigation? Absolutely. I think that there's a lot of similarity in there. Uh, and and um, in terms of uh, producing documents, themselves. It's also similar in the sense of quite often you see external e-disclosure providers uh, hosting uh, the platforms to assist with this. Uh, in terms of actually providing the documents themselves, it normally happens in two stages. Um, the first is, is, is very much a voluntary stage. The inquiry is going to ask uh, for any documents that may be relevant to the terms of reference or, or perhaps do more targeted requests. Uh, and at that point, um, a core participant needs to think about whether they're going to uh, assist the inquiry on a voluntary basis, um, and, and many do. But we're potentially talking about a very expensive exercise here, aren't we, with with a core participant potentially having thousands or hundreds of thousands of documents that might need to be searched and considered. Absolutely. And I think it's really important to get the advice early on so that that collection process can be quite targeted uh, and can meet the aims of, of what needs, needs to be achieved in terms of uh, providing the documents that the inquiry has requested. But I mean, it doesn't even end there. So once you finish the first stage of the voluntary uh, stage, um, there's a second stage to consider. This normally only comes into play if um, a person's refusing to provide the documents. But it's really important to note that for statutory 
public inquiries. Uh, there is the power to compel core participants to provide documents. So if someone or, or a party isn't providing the documents on the voluntary basis, then the inquiry legal team has the power to go to the chair and get an order uh, compelling production of those documents. Uh, and um, if uh, the party doesn't comply with that, they're facing an offence uh, which involves imprisonment uh, or a fine. Yeah. So to avoid that, we need to be planning at a very early stage the, the disclosure obligation Ab and how we're going to manage it. Absolutely. When the requests come in, the timeframes can be really challenging. So it's important to be prepared yeah. before they arrive. And we should be doing the same with witness evidence as well, I guess. There's a lot of similarities there. Uh, it's the same process where initially uh, the inquiry is likely to ask for witness statements on a voluntary basis, known as a Rule 9 request. Uh, and, and those can also be really challenging. Uh, they could cover wide ranging areas with a relatively limited amount of time to produce the statements. So it's really important to uh, ensure that you've done the preparation beforehand to the extent that you can. And again, as with the document production phase, um, if a party refuses to provide a witness statement on a voluntary basis, the inquiry legal team has the power to uh, to go to the inquiry chair and, and get an order to compel them to provide that uh, that statement or to compel the witness to attend uh, an, uh, an oral hearing. Your experience in the inquiry is such as Grenfell. How do you think we as lawyers can best help our, our clients at an early stage in the inquiry process? I think it's really helpful if we get involved early uh, and help plan out the process in order to control costs. Some of the costs in terms of e-disclosure uh, can be significant, uh, while it will be necessary to a certain extent on any large inquiry uh, where a party is, uh, has central involvement, uh, there is the ability to control those costs or at least work out what the priority is and plan um, for the e-disclosure uh, exercise that will be needed as part of the document production process for the inquiry. Uh, and that, that involvement can then continue through uh, right through to preparing for witness statements, identifying witnesses that may be leaving the organisation uh, and talk to them early on in the process. So there's a lot to be done at the early stage. And I guess it helps avoid being reactive and having to do things at the last minute in order to meet the inquiries timetable if we've planned ahead. I mean, there is always the ability to have a dialogue with the inquiry legal team, but they'll also be working under some quite tight timeframes and the scope to change uh, deadlines may be limited. So it's always best to be prepared and have everything to the extent that's possible, ready to go beforehand. Rob, I know we're going to be looking at some of these issues in greater detail in, in future episodes of our podcast series. But, but for now, what do you think the key takeaway points are that a client needs to bear in mind? I think the first is to be prepared. Uh, it can be a time-consuming process. So you need to front load some of that work in terms of planning to save time later on. Um, the next point would be to, to get advice early. Uh, if you get the right legal advice, they can support you early on in terms of planning and controlling costs, but they can also perform a crucial role in terms of building up the right team to support you. You may need external e-disclosure providers, uh, specialist counsel, a whole range of, uh, of different people, uh, and they can really assist you planning for that. That's great, Rob. Thank you very much. Thank you, James. Mm -hmm.